What's going on, everybody? This is Brian Ward of the Dad Up Podcast, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I am super excited about the guest that I have on today. But before we get to that, if you have not yet subscribed to my show, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me. Super, super excited for the guy that I have on today. He and I have gotten a chance, like all my guests, have gotten a chance to really know each other over the last several months through social media and all that. Now, I wish we could meet in person, but he is clear across the world. As a matter of fact, he is in tomorrow. Uh, so he's a day ahead. Uh, and I joked with him at the beginning of the episode, asking him what I'm doing tomorrow. So um, I, I'm really excited to have James on. James Laughlin, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, it's an absolute pleasure, Brian. The work that you're doing for the world and the dads and moms out there too, it's amazing. Thank you very much, my friend. That means a lot. Um, so you're in New Zealand. And for my listeners, my watch, people that are watching this, if they don't know who you are, I want to dive right in because I want to get to know who you are and your backstory. you got a fascinating backstory being a champion drummer. I've got to hear more about that. But um, let's just dive right in, kind of how you grew up and where it's led you, um, the things you went through, and then where you are today and the things you're doing today. Yeah, cool. Thank you for letting me share that with your audience. So I started in Northern Ireland, grew up in a very small town in Northern Ireland. And for those of you who don't know much about Northern Ireland, you know, still to this day, there's a lot of division, um, all based around religion. And so as a kid, I grew up um, really being aware of what was going on around me, seeing this violence and uh, war essentially going on. And from a young age, I remember sitting on the front step um, of the house and it was in a little uh, like little estate you know we, we weren't from very very much money we were very uh, humble beginnings and I remember seeing these airplanes taken off in the distance from Belfast International Airport and in my mind as, as a five-year-old I said you know every one of those planes goes to New York and one day I'm going to be in that plane I mean I didn't realize that they were probably going to Glasgow and Dublin and Cork and <laughs> but they were all going to New York and whether that was just in me from my DNA of all you know, my Irish ancestors and that that moved, moved across during the famine, I don't know. But I had this urge to leave Northern Ireland. And I didn't know how, but I knew I would do it. And I got to about nine or 10 at school. I had a lot of energy, like my little boy who's five now, had a lot of energy, uh, quite effervescent. So I ended up in uh, headmaster's office every now and then. <laughs> and uh, this one day he said, boy, do you want a detention? Or do you want some drumsticks? And I looked at him like he was crazy. I said, I'll take the drumsticks. That sounds great. He says, okay, for the next term, after school on a Tuesday, you're going to meet Mr. Lee and you're going to learn how to play drums. Cool. Sounds better than detention. Right. This guy was smart. Like, give the kid a purpose. Give him something to focus on. And he'll be in here a lot less for being a troublesome little rascal. So ended up loving the drumming. The guy who was teaching me was very much like a grandfather figure. And I soon realized that this was a competitive activity. This wasn't just in a band having fun. We had that aspect, but actually there was a solo competition, a world solo drumming competition. It's like, cool, I'm into that. So three years later, I went on to win the world solo drumming championship. Uh, very, like, I was unaware that I was even close to being, being able to win it. Won it the following year, won it again. As a, you know, as a young kid, you're like, what's happening? Then at that point, phone calls came in from Vancouver, Canada from uh, South Africa, from New Zealand, Australia, saying, hey, 
would you like to come here and we'll, we'll fly you here and you can like work with our drummers and help us develop a program and yeah that sounds great so at 17 18 i headed to vancouver canada played with the simon fraser university pipe band and went on to win another five world titles uh, before the age of 23. Uh, during that time traveling uh, i set up my own education business a retail business online uh, then ended up in new zealand at a private school and worked at a private school there for 14 years uh, developed a program and helped New Zealand, the underdog drumline that they were, helped them become the world champions the very first time that any New Zealanders had ever done that. And during that time, we went through a big earthquake here in Christchurch uh, with a lot of devastation. We, um, Finn's mom and I went through a miscarriage and uh, that, that was personally very challenging. Uh, there was a lot of these kind of wake up moments where I was like, oh, what am I doing? Uh, is this what I truly want to be doing? Do I want to teach drums for the rest of my life? And um, I had a bit of an epiphany. It was at a Tony Robbins event, funnily enough. And I thought, you know what? I want to take all of my skill sets in terms of leading others, leading myself, becoming a world champion, help others become world champions, and take all of that and help coach people who want to impact the world. I want to work with leaders. And in, in my mind, you know, transforming humanity starts with one leadership conversation at a time. And so I, I went down the International Coaching Federation route. Uh, I, I went and got fully accredited there, set up my own coaching business. And so now I work with CEOs, professional athletes, around a leader's mastermind. Last year, we brought in our former prime minister, uh, our head of state here in New Zealand. And so for me, that's uh, my big focus is to try and impact the future through leadership conversations and coaching. And certainly as a dad, and that happened five and a half years ago, in May, 2016, things changed massively. I was very selfish, focused on competition, winning world championships, winning national, you know, six nights a week, committed to that, doing 50, 60, 70 hour weeks. No, you know, that was the norm. As soon as I looked my little boy in the eye, the moment he was born, I said, I love you, Finn. And he looked back at me and I thought, I need to make a change right now. And within six months, I retired fully from competing. So no more national, no more world championship stuff. People thought it was crazy. Um, within two years, I wrapped up the business. And so um, no more retail that was gone. Uh, three, three years then, I ended up resigning from the private school and fully focusing on the coaching to make the impact I wanted to make. But more importantly, it meant that I could drop them off to school. I could pick them up after school. I could volunteer to be the class rep at the school. I can be there with my son. I can have ice cream on a Wednesday afternoon and go to the beach at 3 p.m. And so those decisions were all thanks to becoming a father. And it's been the hardest thing I've ever done. And it continues to be the greatest challenge. But by far, it's the most spiritual experience I've ever had. Wow. Okay. So I want to, I mean, there's a lot to, to digest there. There's a lot to kind of go through there. But I want to start with your drumming. Um, and... I mean, for a young kid to be given that opportunity, um, clearly the, um, uh, the principal, you know, kind of saw it in you, saw something in you, uh, kind of a drive or a passion. I don't know if maybe it was a passion or a drive to be ornery or, or, or what, but uh, um, he saw something in you and you picked up those sticks. I mean, how challenging was that in the sense that, here's this new kind of skill set you're trying to learn as a kid 
you had to devote a lot of time to it. And that takes away from time for, with other things like your friends and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, was it an automatic love? I mean, it kind of explain that. How did you, how did you, how did that transition happen? Cause I know kids, they don't want to be, unless it's video games, they don't want to be sucked into something that they have to learn. They want to, they want to be out goofing off and, and hanging out. So, I mean, that's, that's quite an accomplishment for a young, young man. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so I started in about four months in it, summer holidays came up. So we had eight weeks off and over the summer holidays, I didn't drum and mom and dad were like, Hey, you're going to be drumming when you go back to school. No, I'm not drumming. I'm done. I don't, I don't like drumming. No, I'm going back to Taekwondo. I want to do that physical. And, you know, um, got back to school, didn't show up to my first drum lesson that night. Headmaster calls the house. <laughs> my mom's like, uh, James, uh, Mr. Pollock's on the phone. I'm like, oh crap, what have I done? Like, this is bad. He went, hey boy. He says, uh, you want at your drum lesson today? I said, yeah, I don't want to drum anymore. I was like that young where I could just tell him what I was thinking. I don't want to drum anymore. He says, well, that's a pity. Initially, you and I made an agreement that you'd do a term of drumming and no detention, and you've done that. But something else has transpired. Your teacher says you've got a lot of potential. Hmm. Your teacher said he sees something in you that he hasn't seen in, in a lot of other people. And I was like, really? Wow. Okay, I'll be there next week. I needed him to believe in me. I needed him to help me develop my own belief that I actually had potential at something, that somebody seen something good in me rather than this kid who was you know, a, annoying teachers and being a little bit rambunctious. He's like, no, you've got something and it's, it's valuable and it's, it's a talent. And so I went back and I never looked back from that point onwards. And I wanted to be the best person in the little group. There was four of us learning. I wanted to be the best person in the group. So I thought I'll practice 30 minutes a day. I know those guys are only practicing once a week for five minutes. I'll do 30 minutes a day. So rose to the top of that little group. Then got into a band where they were much higher standard. I thought I better do an hour a day. Then I went to the Northern Ireland or Ulster solos, it was called. And I thought... My competitors are probably doing two or three hours a day. Mind you, I'm 11 years old at this stage. So, okay, I'm going to do four hours a day. Getting ready for the World Solo Championships. I'd be up at like 6 a.m. as a 12-year-old, practicing for two hours before school. I'd get home from school. Sometimes at school, I would actually find somewhere in the music department I could go and practice at lunch. Then get home, I'd do another three or four hours. It'd be getting close to bedtime, and mom and dad would be like, James, you've got to stop. Like, your siblings have got to sleep. This is, this is enough. So... I remember it was about two weeks before the world solos. My dad is JJ Lachlan and I am JJ Lachlan. And I was at high school at this point and uh, you needed a note. If you're going to be sick, you needed a note and it needed to be signed by your parents to explain why you were absent. So I took mom and dad went off to work. I was in my school uniform, big blazer. They went off to work. I went off to school, but halfway to school, I walked back, back to the house, took the blazer off, sat down and drummed for eight hours all day, just drummed. <laughs> And then next day I went to school. Sorry, James was late. Wrote the note, signed JJ Lachlan. And in my mind, I was I was being truthful. That was my that was my signature, you know, <laughs> little white lie. And it, it caught up with me. But in the end, you know, I won the world solo championship six months later or six weeks later. And um, you know, my mom and dad could see why I was passionate and why I was sacrificing things. On a weekend, Brian, I'd be I'd be sitting on a Saturday drumming nine, 10, 11 hours. On a Sunday. Same thing. I've still got calluses here. You know, these, the hands used to bleed. I used to get carpal tunnel as a kid. 
RSI, but it was worth it. I had a purpose. I had a vision. I wanted to be the world's best. And I didn't mind not going to parties. I didn't mind, you know, not partying it up and drinking and missing out in Taekwondo. I had a purpose. And that, that's what allowed me to push through the sacrifice. Hmm. And, you know, those sacrifices that you made, um, do you think they taught you uh, how to be the person that you are today, even though you're not drumming? Um, just kind of the passion and the drive that you have in the coaching, um, it probably helped you. It probably set you up um, to be the person that you are today, the successful person that you are today. I know, you know, for me, just kind of the involvement I've had with my kids as they've grown up, you know, I've got a 23 year old and a 20 year old, the involvement that I had with them was really a result of my childhood and how I was brought up. And um, I wanted to be that all in dad. And that really drove me for that, you know, that the lessons that I learned as a child and as a kid uh, kind of taught me how to be the dad that I want to be that I am today. So I think for you, the fact that you were such so passionate about drumming and I mean, drumming eight, nine, 10, 11 hours a day, um, set you up for the success that you have now or the drive and passion that you have now. You think that's true? Yeah, for sure. Un undoubtedly. Yeah. Um, you know, I look back at my experience. My dad is an amazing dad and always was engaged. And my grandfather, who's passed away, was just amazing. So connected, so thoughtful, so warm and welcoming. There was time spent and uh, you know, they sacrificed a lot to do that as well. Hmm. Hmm. Do you have, still have a drum set today? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So actually, uh, I practice on this little... I practice on this little bad boy here. It's just a little pad like this. So it's, it's never far. <laughs> All right, cool. So you've got, uh, you've got a five-year-old son um, named Finn. That's right. And uh, I just, I got to know, it's my first question. Is he drumming? He drums. Oh yeah. He, he comes in and he drums. So I do some group coaching with a large group and he'll come in and say hello and he'll drum away, but he's actually very into dancing and singing. So he's got the rhythm and I'm just going to encourage whatever route he takes. I'm going to, going to encourage it. Awesome. Um, with that though, I, the reason I ask that is because with that, what lessons, you know, whether it's through your drumming, the fact that he can come in there and play on the drums that you have, um, the lessons maybe he's learning there, or even the things that you're doing in the coaching, what lessons are you hoping that he gains from these, that he's watching you, seeing you, um, do these activities or do this business? Um, what, what lessons are you hoping he's learning from that? You know, what? I hope that uh, integrity is a big one. Like when you say you're going to show up or you say you're going to do something, then you do it. You know, so if that means you're going to show up and coach or teach or perform or whatever it might be, will, will you do it? And, you know, I hope that he a big lesson he learns is that, you know, delayed gratification is one of the greatest experiences in life. And it brings the greatest reward. And certainly with a musical instrument or a sport, you cannot download an app yet, which programs your subconscious mind to tell your physical body how to do it perfectly. It takes thousands and thousands of hours. Anders Ericsson did that famous study that came out to say, you know, 10,000 hour rule. When you get to the 10,000 hour mark, that that's the mark generally where people hit proficiency and mastery and the best athletes. And I want, I want my, my child Finn to really think about Hey, dad takes his time, spent years doing it. Same with his business. He didn't become an overnight success. It grew slowly, but he showed up. He did the work. He was patient and consistent. You know, those lessons are important. Mm. I would agree. Um, I think that, the, that as parents, one of our jobs is to make sure that we're teaching our kids um, not so much who we want them to be, 
Um, but just at least giving them that um, avenue to really grow into what we call a productive human being in society, right? And I think, you know, like my older son, he's, you know, he's graduated from college. Um, he's saving money right now so he can move out on his own, but he's working a phenomenal corporate job in sales that he loves. And he's just a really hard worker. And I think that that's a credit and, you know, not to kind of pat myself on the back, but I think that's a credit to his mom and I, how we conducted ourselves, uh, not only in as, as parents, but, uh, you know, in the things that we're doing outside the home, um, showing them what it means to show up, like you said, to show up and put in the work and the effort. And because in the long run, it will be rewarding, it will pay off. And it's just like this, you know, this podcast, this podcast is, you know, I started it as just kind of a hobby, you know, uh, something that I wanted to kind of give other dads to kind of watch and inspire them to be those dads, the right dads for their kids. And, you know, it's starting to kind of involve, evolve into other things, which is great. That wasn't really the, the mission. That wasn't really the goal. Um, but the fact that I keep showing up doing this and interviewing guys like you proves that, hey, when you show up and put in the work, put in the effort, things will start to happen. And I think that that's what my, my, both my boys have seen. My younger son goes to college right now. He's a sophomore in college and, um, you know, he's working on campus and, you know, he plays basketball at college. Um, so he's, he's doing really well himself. I think for your son, the fact that you're showing up every single day, you're right. He's going to see that. And it's just kind of, you know, it's like the apple doesn't fall, fall far from the tree, right? He's going to kind of see that and develop those skills and habits now at five years old, where he can kind of take it and run with it. Even when he's 12, 13, 14 years old, it may be drumming, it may be dancing, it may be doing something like that or singing. Um, but whatever it is, um, the fact that you're there showing him what it means to be successful and the work that you got to put in to be there um, says a lot. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Well done. You should be proud of the boys that you've brought up. <laughs> I, I am. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I talk about it on the show, but, you know, they're, they're two of my best friends. And, you know, some parents tell me, well, you can't be your kid's best friends. Well, yeah, you can. Um, I'm a true believer in that. I'm a kid's best friends. Now, they respect me and I respect them. There are those boundaries that we have. Um, but at the same time, um, it's cool just to hang out with them and do things with them and, and just chat with them, even just talk with them. Um, but, uh, you know, for you, you've got a young one at home that you're kind of trying to develop into a young man to be, you know, hopefully uh, successful in, in what he's seen you do. Um, what do you, I, I know you're, you're kind of letting him kind of try different things. What, what do you hope he does? What, what kind of things do you hope he gets into? It's interesting. I think a lot about this. And I just really hope that one of the key things he learns to do is he learns how to experience happiness. Yeah. I'm not saying I want, you know, what I want for my kid is happiness. I just don't think that's possible that a kid can be happy 24 seven. I want to know that he knows how to experience it and enjoy it and embrace it. I want to know that he knows how to um, experience sadness and loss and um, disappointment and move through and get to the other side. I want to know that he can be with other humans and, uh, actually enjoy their company and vice versa, that he is a good person to be around. I would love him to um, be industrious and have a purpose and, you know, that a professional purpose where he is contributing to society and he's being remunerated for that. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's meeting all of his human needs through that. 
I'd love him to uh, discover love and experience love with a partner when he's older. And that's it. Like I, if he plays sport, great. If he plays music, great. I, I, I'm going to drop lots of things in front of him along the way, a bit of swimming, a bit of rugby, a bit of soccer, some other different instruments. I'm going to keep dropping opportunities and try them out and just see what sticks. And whatever mm. sticks, I'll get right behind it and uh, support him. And for me, that's I want to let him be the, the master of his own ship. Yeah, no, that's important. Um, I think it's it's really important to allow our kids to kind of try things out on their own. Um, maybe even things that you didn't do as a child. Um, it, you know, my boys, you know, they gravitated towards basketball and, and baseball and, and football. So they gravitated towards sports. But um you know, as, as me, as a dad, just kind of letting them try it. The only rule, I did have one rule. If you're going to try something like a sport, if you're going to play in a sport, my only rule was you are not quitting during the season. Yep. So if you got to, whether you like it or not, if you hate it or like it, and you decide that that's not what you want to do anymore, you got to see it out all the way through to the end of the season. Then at the end of the season, we can have a talk about you trying something else. That happened with my older son. He played baseball from the age of four all the way up to 10. And when he got to be 10, he, I remember this very clearly. We left practice. I was his coach. We left practice. We're driving home. Um, and he said, dad, I've got to talk to you about something. He was 10 years old. And I said, what's that? And he goes, I don't want you to be upset. And I go, what? Yeah, what's, what's wrong? He said, I don't want to play baseball anymore. And I went, okay, why? And he said, I just, I don't like it. I, I don't love it anymore. I used to, I just don't anymore. It's not something I want to do. And at the time he was playing basketball too. He goes, I just want to focus on basketball. And I said, cool, that's great that's what you want to do. Um, we have to finish the season. He goes, no, I know. I understand that. I just don't want to play after at the end of the season. I want to be done. I want to just focus on basketball. And I said, awesome. He goes, you're not mad. And I go, no, I'm not mad. If this is what you want to do, I want to support you. You're going to do something, whether it's sports or something else. I want you to do something outside of school. But if you want to just want to focus on basketball, then I'm all in chips are in, man. I'm all good. And he, that's and amazing. Yeah, he, he was so relieved and so thrilled and he never picked up a bat again. And I was fine with that. And he thrived at basketball. He, he was on the varsity team at his high school, um, at his high school um, and he was a captain. I mean, he, he thrived at basketball and he loved it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are good lessons for your kids that, hey, try anything you want, but let's see it through, at least through the season or at least through this term, whatever it is that they're doing. And then if you want to try something else, that's fine too. Just a little tip for you. That's brilliant. I'm at the start of the journey. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so cool. Um, now, listen, you're an entrepreneur. You're a coach. Um, you have faced challenges in your life. And something that's important for us to remember as kids is, is I mean, as parents, that our kids, regardless of their age, watch, Right. Something that's a common theme on uh, my show about our kids seeing everything that we do and seeing the way that we interact, seeing the way that we react to things. Um, with the challenges of an entrepreneur, there's a lot of challenges thrown your way. Um, how do you handle those uh, with your five-year-old? I mean, how are you showing him um, how to handle tough situations? Yeah, great question. It's 
it's been a challenge uh, in a lot of ways, particularly this last three or four years with, of course, the pandemic, with seeing him grow up as well, you know, going from you know, before the pandemic, that two-year-old stage into three, and now, you know, he's on four and five. And during that period, him and um, my, my former partner, Lisa, so his mother, we parted ways and we are great friends and we communicate constantly. And that has probably been the toughest thing to really just model for him. And we're both so intentional with how we do it. We're both very careful and thoughtful around how we talk about each other when we're around each other and when we're not around each other. Uh, he gets so much time with both of us. That I would say has been the greatest test of mine. And I'm sure Lisa would say the same. Um, the emotional strain, the emotional mastery, the emotional challenge and demonstrating to him like, hey, Mom and I are, are now no longer married. We are great friends. And mom's really busy at work. And mom's got her life and she's doing great things. Dad is really busy at building his business and serving his client. But one thing you need to know, we love you. Hmm. And we're always going to be here for you. And you do come first. But there's going to be times when we need to focus on our business and on our work. And, you know, I think that's, that's probably been the the greatest challenge for sure is just traversing separation and figuring that out plus a pandemic plus you know growing businesses and, and and being parents but there's been certain things i've learned along the years that have really helped so meditation is a non-negotiable for me awesome so i do that as a dad like people are like do you do that to like tap into this crazy world and have all these amazing ideas i was like well sometimes that happens but actually no it reduces my cortisol so there's less stress. It reduces my heart rate, my blood pressure. It allows me to think more clearly. And I'll tell you what, I meditate every morning, anywhere between 10 minutes to 50 minutes. And I meditate at night with some yoga nidra. That certainly helps me respond more calmly. It certainly helps me focus on what's most important during the day. And so that's, that's one of the greatest things. Movement's another thing, you know, being active, going out for walks or, you know, yoga and stretching. Being active really helps me to manage the stressful moments and showing Finn, look, he, he has his moments. He's five, right? He blows up mm -hmm. and uh, has moments that he's just uncontrollable. And during those moments, it's my mission to remain calm. Cool, calm, collected is what my mission is. Uh, do I do that 100% of the time? No. If this had been five years ago, I'd maybe be doing it 5% of the time. Now mm -hmm. I'm at like 95% of the time. And that's not to impress anyone. That's to impress upon anybody that's listening that, there are certain things you can do in your daily routine that can help you be a better dad. And managing your emotion is so important. Does Finn see me overwhelmed at times? Yeah. But does that manifest itself as dad being um, loud and aggressive? No. That manifests as dad maybe be having a little bit less time to go through a difficult situation and have a conversation. Maybe like, Finn, we got to keep moving, dude. Like, we're, we we got to move today. Um, that's how it manifests. So he definitely sees me go through different emotions. If someone dies, he sees sad dad. If something amazing happens with him in, in his life or with his mom or, or with my partner, Caroline, we celebrate and he sees elated dad. But there's this constant, when Finn needs me, I'm going to be calm. When Finn's up, I'm going to be calm. When Finn's down, I'm going to be calm. So to do that, it's movement, it's meditation, it's journaling, it's reflection on a weekly basis and having a mentor. You know that to me has been one of the most valuable investments. Mm.
Yeah, I love that example that you're giving there to your son. Um, just these different techniques that you do to help you remain calm. I think it's something that you know parents struggle with. We all have busy lives um, outside of the home, in the home. We have these busy lives as parents. And one thing that I think that dads struggle with is dads have egos, right? Dads have this thing called the ego. And when they're having a fresh, when they're frustrated about something, whether it's something their kid did or something that happened at, you know, at their business or their work, whatever it is, um, they tend to have this, they carry this weight on their shoulders that, and when they come home, if their kids are not behaving, they can lose it, right? They can lose it like the kids can. I did as a, as a dad, you know, when my kids were a little younger, um, I struggled with that. Uh, and, and, and thankfully for my wife, you know, she was kind of that, you know, that middle ground person, you know, she would tell me, Hey, you need to, you need to step away because this is not going in a direction that it needs to go right now. And you need to take a break. I'll handle it. Um, and then the same for her, you know, she gets frustrated with something. I'll kind of do the same thing for her, but I had to learn as a dad that, look, you're not going to get anywhere meeting their intensity, meeting at the level that they're at. You're not going to get anywhere. It's just going to turn into a worse situation. And I try to encourage dads like you're doing, remain calm. There's no sense in getting upset um, because they're going to meet that just like you're trying to meet that. Once they meet that, then you're going to take it up and that it's just going to be a snowball effect. Right. So I think it's important for dads to understand that when your kids mess up, when they make mistakes, because uh, it's going to happen. My kids are older and they still make mistakes. Um, you have to meet them at a level that is manageable. And that's that calmness. Um, remaining calm will help you resolve a situation faster than, than it would otherwise if, if you weren't. So um, I think that's great. Uh, that's, a, that's an important tool to teach your kid too. And I, and I think that the techniques that you're using are, are perfect. Obviously the mentorship is huge. Um, you know, I talk about it, uh, uh, I say this a lot, but I talk about it on my show a lot. You know, my wife and I have a marriage coach and we have this marriage coach, not because we have problems, but so we don't have problems, right? Yep. So we have a coach, she's a licensed therapist, but she's our coach that we meet with every so often to just kind of give her a rundown of how things are going in the relationship. And so a lot of times they're just casual conversations. There are some times where we have to kind of bring up certain things that happened, um, so we do that because we know that we want to have a healthy relationship between the two of us. Well, the same applies to your kids. You want to have a healthy relationship with your kids. You have to learn to manage the conversations that you have with your kids and how in tune you are with them and the things that they're doing um, or not doing uh, and remain at that, that even, you know, even keel, kind of that level, level medium, you know? Um, and I think that you're the fact that you're doing the meditation and the mentorship and the fact that you're journaling, I think is all remarkable. So, and I think those are important lessons to teach your kid. I know I'm kind of rambling, but that's, that's kind of the point I was trying to get. Those are all important lessons to teach your kid. And I think he's seeing that he's seeing that. Well, sometimes Brian, he'll come in in the morning, you know, at five, five thirty AM and I'll be meditating. He'll just sit up beside me and he'll meditate with me. I just sit there in silence. I'm like, this is great. Like whether he's loving it or doing it, like he's here and he's, he's experiencing it. So when he needs it in his life, he'll, he'll be able to tap into it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's so cool. That's so cool that you're doing that. I think journaling is huge too. It's something that um, I've been a firm believer in. I, I mean, uh, reading, listening to books, obviously, you know, that um, is super important, but I think journaling is really important. You know, journaling for me, 
I just take a minute or two to kind of journal down my thoughts. I do it on my phone um, just to kind of clear my head. Um, they kind of like meditation, you know, I just kind of clear my head so that way I can tackle the day. That's why I do it. I don't, I don't do it so much at night um, because that's when I just kind of want to just go to sleep. Um, so I don't really do it at night. I have had people tell me I should do it at night too, but I've just been doing it in the morning and it seems to help me um, throughout the day. Um, so that's awesome. Very cool. Um, <clears throat> I want to kind of shift a little bit talking about Finn. Um, you know what, I know we talked a little bit about your challenges and stuff that you do face with him right now, especially with his mom, you know, having that kind of trying to navigate through that relationship, um, which you guys seem to be doing well. Um, but what advice, if you were to talk to another dad right now, that was just kind of had a younger kid, maybe a four-year-old or a three-year-old, or even a five-year-old, um, what advice could you give the dads out there that may be watching this or listening to this about dealing with, you know, your five-year-old dealing with a child? Yeah, no, I think perspective is a beautiful thing. And often when we get in our heads, we struggle to, to have perspective and we can make big deals out of really small, minute details. So getting out of your head really often as a dad, uh, I think is so vital. And there, there's a process actually that my mentor shared with me some time ago, it's called DAPR. It stands for detach, assess, prioritize, plan, execute, and review. Hmm. And as a dad, you know, if I'm starting to feel the stress or, you know, the little guy's kind of pushing some buttons or there's a behavioral challenge, I'll try and detach, do some breath work, go for a walk, then assess the situation. Be like, what's that all about? Oh, there's a big change. He went back to school this week. Ah, that's a big change in his little world. Right. Okay. I get it. That's why he's acting up. Okay. What's the priority here? Yeah. Well, the priority is to get him comfortably through this, to make sure him and I have a hug at the end and to talk about how we can manage this differently. And then we wrap a plan around that. Okay, let's have a plan. Okay, we're going to do this. We'll maybe go change the environment. Let's go for a walk with the dog and have the chat when we're walking. And that's the execution part. You're getting the, the conversation done. And then you review, did that work? Is his behavior changing? Is, is he feeling that he's moving through it? So I use that dapper approach a lot. And there's one thing, actually, it's so interesting. So meditation for me is a non-negotiable, right? And when he was younger, so one and a half, two, you know, I'd be putting him to bed at night and he'd be kicking up a fuss, not wanting to go to bed. And I would get really, not angry, but I'd get really frustrated. Like, this is my meditation time. Like, dude, you're supposed to be asleep. I'm not telling him this, but he's probably feeling it with my like body language. Like, oh, I'm so annoyed. I'm not going to get to meditate now. It's like way past that. I've got to go and plan tomorrow. And I talked to one of my coaches and he's like, James, that is your meditation. I said, like, what are you talking about? He said, you want to meditate? I thought, yeah. Well, meditation is simply focusing on one thing and being absolutely fully present, whether it's your breath, whether it's a mantra, or whether it's being with another person. It's like, if your kid is kicking up a fuss and not wanting to sleep, be present with that, be focused on only that, breathe through it, and that is your meditation done for the day. Meditation is not always closed eye and zen. And that shifted so much for me, Brian. So Sometimes when we think, oh, I need to get my, let's take exercise. Oh, I need to get my workout in, but my kid's not letting me there. They won't let me give, give me five minutes. Cool. How can I do a workout with the little dude or the little woman, right? How can we do some squats and burpees and runs and jumps and actually still get your workout in? How can we do our meditation? If it's reading, hey, 
if you're maybe except for David Goggins's book, because it might be a few choice <laughs> words. If you're reading a self-help book, you know, read it out loud and let them think that that's their book. And, you know, it's amazing what kids will allow. They'll, they'll roll with it. And, mm. you know, certainly with meditation, it's taken a while, but now he understands it's an important part of dad's day. But there was a point where he didn't. And so I think just adjusting our expectations of our surroundings as dads, it's, it's really important. Oh, that's awesome. That's very cool. Um, I think that's awesome. I mean, the reason I say that is because uh, for me, you know, I've talked to dads, you know, especially this was going back two years now, uh, almost two years, um, you know, the heat of the pandemic, you know, we're six months into the pandemic and I had dads asking me, you know, I know my son or daughter can't go outside because of this pandemic. I know they can't interact with their friends because of this pandemic, but I can't get them to focus on real activity. All they want to do is play video games and I can't get them off the video games. It just seems like that's all they're doing. Sitting in their room, they go to online school and then they're playing video games all night. And I said, okay, so, and they go, yeah, I don't want my kid playing video games. I don't want them being sucked into that activity. Well, here's a thought. Your kids are in a rough situation, going through something that they've never experienced. You're going through something that you've never experienced. And instead of harping on your kids about the fact that they're playing too much video games during this pandemic, why not play with them? And the reason that you do that is, first of all, you'll make sure that they're not doing anything they shouldn't be doing when they're on these headsets and stuff like that, talking to whoever it is they're talking to. Um, but you'll make sure that they're, you know, they're playing decent games. They're not talking to somebody they shouldn't be. And number two, it's a time for you guys to bond as a child and a parent. It's allowing you to create that bond, start a conversation with them, act like most parents don't know how to play video games, right? Certain video games that these kids play. Act dumb. Don't ask them to teach you how to play a video game. Ask them to teach you the game that they're playing. They'll love it. They will love teaching you how to play the game. They will love destroying you in the game as they're teaching you, right? So it, it, enjoy it. Don't take that away from them. Enjoy it because you both are going through something you've never been through. So the fact that you're... Um, kind of showing your son the things that you're doing, but he's understanding that this is a, an important part of your day. But the fact that you're kind of understanding that and building that bond with him is huge. You have no idea the rewards that you will have just from doing that. Like your coach told you, or that guy that you were talking to, what, like he told you, you have no idea the, the reward that you will have until he's older. And, and you'll realize how strong your bond is now with him. And it could be because of those little activities that you did with him. And like you said, maybe it is reading one of your, you know, self-help books, right? But the fact that he was into it or listening to you reading him a book that was really for you, but now you guys are both bonding and the reward comes later. It's awesome. Trust me. Delayed so, gratification, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I tried to tell these dads, a couple, I had a couple dads that, that reached out to me and talked to me about it. And this is why I told them, I'm like, dude, play the game. Who cares? I love that. So that's cool. I'm glad that you're doing that. Um, <clears throat> very cool. I want to do this though. I, I know we're running short on time, but I want to kind of give you an opportunity. I know um, for my listeners who want to look you up, learn a little bit more about you, best place for them to do that. And then the things you got going on right now that you're super excited about. 
Yeah, thank you. So the best place for people to connect with me would be on Instagram, uh, James Lachlan Official, and Lachlan spelled laugh, L-A-U-G-H. L-I-N. Uh, they can also go check out uh, the website, jjlockman.com to see what I'm all about. And if they want to just get lots of free content and engage, then the podcast on Apple or Spotify is Lead on Purpose with James Lockman. I interview world leaders, you know, prime ministers, presidents, top athletes, CEOs, um, all around leadership. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. You guys, he has a phenomenal uh, podcast and um, he puts out a lot of great content on it. And the coaching stuff is 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 top notch as well. So make sure you guys are checking out his podcast, but listen, James, I'm super excited that you and I've gotten a chance to know each other over the last several months. Um, and, um, I'm looking forward to continuing our friendship. And one of these days, one of these days, you and I are going to be in the same, same area together and we're going to have to, uh, grab a meal or something, but, uh, that sounds yeah, great. one of these days it'll happen, man. I promise. Um, let's meet but, halfway. Let's meet in like uh, Oahu or something like that. that be great. There you go. There you go. Well, look, man, it's been a super uh, pleasure having you on. I really appreciate it and um, look forward to staying in contact with you, my friend. Thanks, Brian. And keep that upping. It's amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you guys, everybody, for uh, joining me and James on another episode of Dad Up. Make sure you guys are checking out his podcast, his Instagram, looking at all the things that he's doing. And if you're interested in, in some sort of coaching from James, make sure you reach out to him. Say hello. Let him know that you heard him on the podcast and want to know more about what he's doing. And while you're at it, make sure you guys are subscribing not only to his podcast, but to mine as well. You can check out my YouTube. Obviously, you're watching this. You're checking out my YouTube. Make sure you guys subscribe. Let us know what you think of the episode. And I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Data. Thanks for listening to another episode of Data. Make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast and my YouTube channel. And do me a favor, leave me a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you to see what you think of the show. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes coming up each and every week. Thank you for listening. This is Data. Data.